This podcast is produced by Visionary Studios. Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Unpack That. For those of you who are audio listeners, Jake is not here today. He is out sick. So just out of buns of caution to keep us all safe, myself and the crew. Um, He's not here today, but hopefully he'll be joining us soon for a future episode. But today I am joined by my good friend, Sarah. Welcome to Let's Unpack That. Hi. Hi, everybody. So Sarah, who are you? Give us a little bit of tea. My name is Sarah. I am a straight cis woman and I'm really interested to hear kind of about the gay community and kind of touch on topics that I feel like no one really hears about yeah so that's what I think is really cool about this podcast too is it's not just targeted at the gays you know it's for everybody to learn and understand like me and Jake are both figuring out the gay community and learning about it and so that's kind of what made us want to start this so I'm excited to have you here because I think it's cool to have the straight perspective and like how they react and think and have questions about stuff in the gay community as well yeah of course but today we are joined also by my really good friend Parks Peters welcome King how are you I'm good I'm good thanks for having me Mitch yeah of course so give us a little bit of background about you who is Parks where do you live etc all that okay so I currently live in Los Angeles um, and I met Mitch on TikTok actually yeah TikTok Uh, Back in summer 2020. Um, We can touch on that later, but we've been good friends ever since. So just super excited to be here. Yeah, well, thank you for being here. But to kind of go off of that, um, me and Parks met. I would say, I'm pretty sure I saw you on my For You page. Uh, Like, in summer 2020, I was at home, as I've kind of talked about, in my depression era, not living my best life, but I was at home in my small town on the For You page, and there was Parks. Like, literally, I swear I was on, like, Parks Peter's TikTok for a hot second, and your TikToks were just so funny. I was like, I need to be friends with this guy. He just seems amazing. And so I think I, like, DM'd you or something, like, on Instagram, and then slowly, over time, we just, like, DM'd more and more and became, like, internet friends, and then this past fall, I went to visit Jake in um, California, and I was like, I may as well see parks like i need to we need to make this internet bestie relationship like a real a real friendship i love that the first place we met at was vanderpump or at pump um (laughs) vanderpump rules i thought that was very on brand for us it really was jake too it's cool that we both go to usc and i had no clue who he was but such a small world i think that was so cool like because i feel like a lot of times you it's really easy to make internet friends whether you're like in the gay community or just like anywhere like interacting on Twitter or anywhere like you make connections with people who aren't near you that's one of the coolest parts about social media and I think a lot of times it's like nerve-wracking to know what someone's going to be like in real life and I was (laughs) very thankful that like Parks was like literally just the same in person and so genuine and amazing so I'm so so grateful to have able to cross paths with Parks. I guess ever since me and Jake kind of had this idea for the podcast I knew I wanted to have your commentary and like you be a part of this because it's such a cool thing and one topic that we had kind of talked about wanting to talk about together on here is the hypersexualization in the gay community. I guess for you, when was the first time that you kind of, as you were entering in to your like, you know, gay experience or whatever you want to call it, when did you first kind of encounter or realize how everything was so incredibly sexualized? You know, I grew up in a pretty small town in Florida. And when you grow up in a small town, um, you don't get a lot of exposure to other gay people, I think. It's just kind of, it's very heteronormative. It's very much, boy dates girl, girl dates boy. There's not really a lot of diversity in that sense. And I think like a lot of other queer men growing up in spaces like that can relate to the fact that the only outlet you have is like online. And there isn't a lot of queer representation online. I feel like outside of like pornography or grinder or Tinder stories or things like that. So it's very, from the get-go, I think hypersexualized and 
Growing up as a kid, I was exposed to that. And just like the only way that you can kind of meet other gay people was through apps like Grindr or Tinder or things like that. And that's just obviously terrible from the start. If kids at home are watching, they definitely shouldn't do that. I had a similar experience to like living in a really small town. And while it was like a great community and everyone was like really nice, it still was hard to find people to like connect with and like be able to relate to. I think that's why a lot of people like oftentimes turn to Grindr because like, oh, it's a place with gay people. And then they end up realizing that it's really just people that want to use you for your body and only care about what your only care about your holes and not actually about your personality. <laughs> it's so terrible because there are obviously like gay people out there who are so much more than that. Like they're not just there for sex. People who want gay friends, want gay companionship outside of like a sexual response. But that's not people on Grindr. Like people on Grindr are there for one thing and I feel like it's there to hook up. And I feel like unfortunately Tinder has kind of devolved into the same thing. Um, so it's just, it's really disheartening that that's like all young gay people, gay men in particular, get exposed to. It's, it's really, really hard for me. Like I think it's really hard to find people who just, fellow gay people who just want to be friends. Like, I think it's really hard to have that, like, and build that strong support system of people who genuinely just want to be there for you and be there for each other and, like, be able to relate and without, like, also wanting to hook up with you. Like, is it that much to ask for to, like, just be friends? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think I think you were, like, one of the first friends for me, Mitch, who, like, I was able to have who's, like, a gay man who oh, there wasn't you. any, like, sexual tension behind it or anything, you know? It's yeah. just, like, yeah. we hung out, we had a great time, Jake there, too. Like, just, it's nice to have, like, actual just casual gay friends you can rely on. Literally. Without Literally. any fear of, like, there being, like, a hookup or anything like that. I feel like also, you know, you guys being able to relate to each other mm -hmm. in your experiences is important to kind of have that like friendship besides just the hookup culture of it. And you guys can like actually talk and get to know each other and relate your experiences. And I think that's probably really important, honestly, for yeah. anybody. Is there any tips, Parks, you can think of that you would give somebody who is just starting off on their journey to kind of like find people who just want to be friends and not actually hook up? Yeah, I would say just like trust your instinct and trust your gut. Like if a situation feels wrong, like leave, protect your energy and protect yourself and be true to yourself every day, be authentic. And then the right people will find you. Trust your intuition, be true to yourself, be kind to other people and the right people will find their way into your life. I think yeah. if, you put, if you put out that good energy eventually, it will come back to you. Like, I think it's really, really hard because even, I think, especially for me when I was first, like, starting out and trying to, like, make those connections, it's like you have that really, like, uh, positive outlook. And I think when people continually, like, just want to use you, it's really hard to, like, maintain that positivity and, like, maintain that, like, the willingness to try to have a connection and not just succumb to the pressures of, oh, let's just hook up. I think, especially in Los Angeles, it's oh, like I that bet. because I, I mean, bet. Like, talk about, like, gay capital of America, really. There's so many gay people there. And on the one hand, it's, like, it's great because when you walk down WeHo, like, you see, honestly, the, the first time I was out there, I was so surprised because I feel like I saw more gay people than straight people. And, like, that was great because I was like, holy shit, like, this has never happened to me before. Mm -hmm. Like, so much right. representation is out there. On the flip side, I feel like you go to the clubs in WeHo and all of a sudden it's, like, hypersexualization to the max. It's just, like, people making out with their friends, like, people, like hooking up with each other left and right. And like, that's great for one thing, cause it's great to like have those outlets to express yourself and be who you are. But I think the gay community should also kind of be mindful of like, to not swing the pendulum too far in the other direction, because that can more often than not do more harm than good. Oh, literally. For you, Sarah, I mean, in your dating history and everything and like mm -hmm. been going out with friends, how do you feel as a woman 
especially when you're in like a specifically like a straight bar, a straight club, yeah. how you are kind of being overly sexualized or objectified and only right. seen as like an object rather than someone actually wanting to get to know you. Actually, like as a woman, you know, you're told from before you even turn 21, like if you wear a short dress and you're going to a club, like you're asking for guys to hit on you or you're asking for guys to only look at you in a certain way through what you wear. Mm-hmm. And so even if I wear you know, just like this cute dress and like heels and I go out, it's like there will be guys who look at me and assume and just go like, oh, she's looking for a man. And it's like, well, no, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> Maybe I just want to look good. Maybe I just want to wear heels. And so I feel like with women, it's all about like how you look. It's all about what you wear. And I mean, that's even what people say through like when women get sexually assaulted, there people are like, oh, well, what was she wearing? And it's like, well, kind of who cares what she's wearing? Like... Yeah, you, that doesn't matter. You should be able to dress for yourself. And, like, right. like if you feel f- sexy, like, you should be able to wear, like, some really hot outfit. Like, right. why does it matter what... I should be able to feel sexy without feeling like I need to have sex with somebody. Like, oh. And the I, ego of these men to just assume that, like, a woman is dressing up for them. As if it's, like, so for, such a foreign concept that a woman could just be dressing up for herself. Like, that's what the right. most Or maybe I just, like, want to wear it. It's, like, sometimes I just want to be, like, it's really not that deep. And then I just, I feel like girls get that a lot. And it's always the whole, like, oh, we're, you're wearing this, like, skin-tight dress. Everyone can see your body. So why, why on earth would a man view you as anything more than a body? Because I'm a human being, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in public. I'm not going out. Like, all right, everybody, come get it. No, like, <laughs> literally. And I think the same can be applied to, like, in the gay community. Like, yeah. going out to a gay club or a gay bar. If me or Parks were wearing, like, a super, like, you know, revealing outfit, the, the tops or whatever would just <laughs> would just be viewing it as like oh they're a twink and they just want me they want my dick like yeah, like exactly. girl like let's not like maybe I just want to look hot with my friends like is that a, is that a crime right. like am I supposed to wear like a turtleneck like come on <laughs> I actually have a question for mm-hmm. both of you on the topic of dressing as gay men I feel like one thing I hear a lot from straight guys are like oh well that guy he's he looks gay like he dresses gay. Do you feel like choose what you wear? Do you feel like you need to sometimes look straight in a certain sense? Mm-hmm. I'm putting quotations around straight. Like, I, do you feel kind of pressured to either give in to looking a, as like stereotypically gay, let's say, mm-hmm. versus dressing like stereotypically straight kind of type thing? I'll let you start, Park. I never try to dress like stereotypically gay. I feel like I do sometimes like fit that stereotype though, like when going out. Like I'll wear a crop top or like super like skinny jeans or something like that. And those things are often applied to gay men. So I think it's just, for me, it happens naturally. But sometimes in the past, I have dressed like stereotypically straight when going to certain functions where like I'd feel like threatened in my queerness maybe. Mm -hmm. Like for example, um, my grandparents they are not the most, or they, I thought they would, would not be the most accepting. Um, so like at family functions, I would often like dress a certain way to like not actually, um, appear like stereotypically gay, but I kind of have recently just like stopped giving a fuck and just, am I allowed to curse? (laughs) No, you can swag a lot. I was like, fuck it. Like I'll just dress and be me and like stop holding back. And so I actually showed up to Christmas dinner with my nails painted pink. And um, (laughs) my grandpa actually approached me and asked if I was gay and I came out to him finally. And he didn't care. So it was something like in my head that I created. And I feel like 
obviously homophobia is still very real, still very prevalent in a lot of parts of the world. I still think like if you can do it safely, it's so important to just be yourself and be authentic. Cause like for years I had stressed out about that. And then after that conversation with him, it was just like this huge weight lifted off my shoulders. So I guess to answer your question, like, I don't try to like fit any stereotype. I just try to be myself. Yeah, I love that. No, I, I, I feel like I try to be myself as well, but obviously like living in Milwaukee in a smaller city and like a more at times conservative area, like if mm-hmm. you venture out of like the three blocks of downtown, I do at times like think about where I'm going and like how can I kind of blend in? Like I obviously like I do express myself and find ways yeah. to like dress that, you know, reflect my personality, like at least in my mind, whether that's like just me or like kind of society in this area, I have to fit like what they expect. Like I can't yeah. like break the expectations. No, I get that. I bring that up just because, you know, working at a huge college bar downtown, you have students from UWM, you have students from other places coming in, you know, it, the clientele is predominantly straight men yeah. that go. Yeah. And I've noticed frequently straight men down there kind of when they're drinking or they'll use drinking as an excuse, be a little like, honestly, like homophobic or say like, oh, he like, look at that, you know, word that I don't necessarily want to say out loud, but I think we all know what I'm hinting at. And I just, it's just, it's shocking because it's like, you could not be gay, but if you look gay in quotes, like people will label you as that. And I don't know why the kind of clothing stereotypes for gay men are used as an insult because no, I don't no. understand. I mean, I don't know what your guys' perspective on this is, but I feel like society has just like, because of the patriarchy, like femininity is seen as like just inherently less than than masculinity. And I feel like they've created this like mindset where it's like, if you're feminine, you're weaker or you're less than, or you're inherently unworthy. Oh, agreed, agreed. I mean, to kind of go off at and as well as like what you were saying about how guys act when they get a little drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I've like witnessed so many times in this area, especially when it comes, obviously when it comes to straight men is like, even if you just try to talk to them, mm-hmm. they will like be like, oh, are you hitting on me? Like, right. they're so insecure about their sexuality for whatever reason that like they think that if any guy who is gay is talking to them, they immediately want them. And I'm like, no, like. I, you're not no thank no, you I like you're not hot babe <laughs> <laughs> it's like I get that you like maybe your ego wants to think that a guy's hitting on you but also like is it really yeah. that challenging to just be friends with people like I don't I don't get it like I'm well and it's a conversation like you know calm down you know you're talking to someone you're not going like oh my gosh like are you single like flirting with them I I feel like with straight men even at a bar like when I talk to them they're always just like oh like you know, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, okay, I just asked, like, how you're doing? Like, calm down. Mm-hmm. I'm not always trying mm-hmm. to get with you. Like, there are some straight men I've met that are actually really chill and cool, at yeah. least with me yeah. as a gay man. Um, I'd never claim to speak for a woman. But, um, like, there are some straight guys out there that I think are very no, accepting. They're, it's just, they're out think, there. They're just hard to find. Right. Yeah. Right. We, have to, we have to hold the ones who aren't more accountable, I think, for I sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like especially probably in California, I would hope at least that people that are straight are more like chill and not as Yeah, I feel like at least in Los Angeles, I mean, I don't know about the rest of California, but it's like people are so laid back. They really, they don't care about what anyone else is doing. They just, it's like a live and let live mentality, which coming from the East Coast is like very refreshing because I feel like the East Coast is so uptight in like how people live their lives. 
Um, yeah. So it's it's a stark contrast east to west. I mean, I guess to kind of go back, a little topic shift, to go back to like sexualization and just the hypersexualization in the community. I mean, obviously that's very prevalent in like gay bars and all that, and like bars re- regardless whether you're a guy, whether you're straight or gay or whatever, however you identify, it's always kind of a presence. And that presence, as Parks was talking about earlier, is very much so there on dating apps as well. I mean, specifically on Grinder, it's literally like your position. You like put it what what your position is and a lot of times people will just view you as whether you're a top a bottom verse first bottom whatever mm-hmm. like i guess i think the pressure of like oh this is my identity i have to prescribe to it like even if you're still trying to figure things out like oh i put that i'm a bottom so that means that i have to do this tonight and i'm just viewed as this mm-hmm. i mean i guess yeah. for you parks like what has your process been with like trying to figure out or like dealing with that expectation and like that hypersexualization of you just as an object. So I kind of try to, like, avoid that. um, Just because I feel like it's so silly because in the straight community, what I've noticed is people are trying to, like, shift away from gender roles because they're often very um, limiting and, like, they kind of box people into certain categories. Like, stereotypically, like, in, like, the 1950s, like, the man and husband went to work and the woman's job was to, like, raise the children and stay at home. But it's interesting, like, watching the gay community because I feel like people, like, say, like, oh, like, the top should have the job or, like, oh, like, a stay-at-home hubby (laughs) should be, like, the bottom or, like, the bottom should do the dishes. And, like, I think a lot of it is said in jest and, like, jokingly, but it's interesting how, like, the gay community like prescribes these same gender roles that straight people are trying so hard to break out of. And it's like the gay community is like willingly putting those gender roles on themselves. Um, and so I, I don't know like what the deal with that is, but I personally try to avoid it. Like when I did have dating apps, um, I didn't put my position, my preferred position on, um, any of them because also I think that's kind of silly and limiting to like only put yourself in one position. Every single vibe is different with you meet when you meet a new person and it's like you should just feel feel that out like individually and like not try and like put these like societal norms onto your relationship. But I feel like the gay community often like falls into the pitfalls of doing that, which is interesting and I, I honestly don't know what to make of it. Part of me almost wonders if it's like the gay community trying to like fit in to like societal norms and like I think you might be onto something there because I do think like and this kind of goes back to what we originally first started talking about like society is kind of built for a relationship of two people I think like you're just expected to get married you're expected to raise kids raise a family move in together that's just like what is expected of people but with that does come these like set gender norms and like media and like pop culture like telling you what it's supposed to look like and like how it's supposed to be done. And so I think like gay people, they're so desperate to have that and like fill this void because they grow up like only seeing it with straight people. So like that's the only frame of reference they have to go off of. So like like for you or me, for instance, if you grew up like in high school, like I, I don't know about you, but I was only surrounded by like straight couples, like yeah. people like, like only boys dating girls, only yeah. like this is what it looks like. This is, I had three brothers, they all dated girls. like. For, so for me, at least, it was like, oh, so that's what a relationship should look like. Um, maybe I need to, like, apply that to myself. But so it took me a while to, like, kind of break that mindset and kind of realize, you know, 
your relationship is your relationship and you can make of it whatever you and your partner decide. Like you do not have to follow any of society's norms or expectations unless, unless you, you want, want to. to. Yeah. And some people do yeah. want to. Like, I think we need to like make it more normalized to just be single. Like, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like, the single girls have more fun. Yes, I swear. Right. But and it's just like I swear. Like the media, there's it's always like about someone finding a relationship or someone finding a man or someone like a love triangle. Like there's no ever just someone just living their life single. Like it's never yeah. normalized and accepted really by society. I feel like. Oh, uh, bitch! I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> single. We're all. We're all. No, single. We're all single. Well, okay. Are we all single? Yeah. Okay. Well, Let's go pumping. An interesting thing too, kind of that I think ties into a lot of points that are being made is like with media representation. I know Parks brought that up. Um, the the first thing I think of with this topic is like Sex in the City. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys are familiar with that show or movies, but um, the one thing I'll say about it is the the depiction of the gay men in Sex in the City is very sexualized. Anytime they go to a gay bar, it's like there was one episode I've seen the whole series like three times. <laughs> there, there was one episode that you you follow Carrie's gay best friend who goes to a gay bar, and in order to get in, you have to strip off all your clothes, and so yeah, you have to like take off all your clothes before you even go in, and so that's the first real experience the viewer gets of Carrie's gay best friend is that these are the kinds of bars he like goes to, and anytime he talks about being with men or whatever, he always talks about how me- like how much sex he has, and it's never like you know, in contrast with Carrie or Charlotte or any of the other characters who, like, you know, fall in love. And it's like, oh, you know, my boyfriend did this and this for me. But then you look at, you know, the gay men who are in the show and it's, there's there's no romance. It's only sex. And all the gay bars are very much like, take your clothes off, you know, the the cage dancing kind <laughs> of stuff. Do yeah. you do you find that representation to be in some way kind of offensive? This brings up a really like interesting point that I think about a lot is like I don't find it offensive because and you guys feel free to disagree, but I feel like men are inherently more sexual than women, or at least that is what like society has portrayed for us. Because yeah. like, if you look at like lesbians, for example, I don't know if you guys have heard the term U-Haul lesbians before. Um, I haven't. Which it's basically, it. well, it's basically like two lesbians meet, they like fall in love immediately, and then like they move in together, hence the U-Haul um, part of it. So, but yeah, I think like, some, I have a lot of lesbian friends, and something I've noticed is they are very like, good at getting into stable, long-lasting relationships. And at least for me, my experience as a gay man has been the exact opposite. And I can't help but wonder if it's because, like, men just inherently, like, look at sex differently than women. So I think, like, at least with this stereotype, from my experience, there is some level of, like, accuracy for the hypersexualization. Because there is people the there's people who, like, when they go out, they do that. Like, yeah. they go to those parties and they wear like barely any clothes and like or go to a steam house or something and like have that moment like that very much so is an aspect of the gay community right but i think there's other facets of it that aren't receiving like the same representation i guess in the media it's getting better definitely in recent years but to kind of go off what what parks was saying about just like men viewing sex differently i think when you strip it down like men are just really horny (laughs) (laughs) i think that's that's what i was trying to say basically i agree i do think that men you know, at least that society accepts men are more horny than women. <laughs> but yeah. I really don't know if that's true. And like I've heard this, and it's, this isn't like shots at parks because I mean, you, I like half of me thinks you're correct. I think the other half of my brain is like, 
you know, I'm a 23 year old woman. Like I know I get horny, but I also know that even me saying that or me, you know, talking about it with people like that is looked at very differently. They're like, oh, you're dirty. You're a whore. You're a slut. If you like sex, you're slutty Mm -hmm. for straight women. And it's like, well, that's unfair because there's all these straight men who talk about all the girls they get. And it's like, if I were to do that, I'm a whore. But, you know, Frank does it. And he's like the coolest study guy ever. And so I feel like when talking about society, there is this kind of expectation that straight women must be you know, hold themselves back, like show themselves in a certain light. And if you kind of give into acting in a sense more like sexual or away from that kind of norm, like then you're the bad person for that. Mm. Like you're the whore. Even (laughs) talking about masturbation for me, which I know this is a really interesting conversation, but, (laughs) but I think it's like, you know, if I talk about it, it's like straight guys are like, whoa, you know, you do that. Because I remember this guy being like, oh, my God, like you do that. And I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like everyone does. Newsflash. <laughs> like, have you been to Spencer's and all those vibrators? Like, girl, there's a market for it. Like, I think it's so interesting. Well, not interesting, terrible, actually, that like women are not allowed to be sexual, but they are so sexualized. And it like, it puts them in such a, like a limiting box. And I guess to like go back on my point, I wasn't trying to say like women aren't and can't be horny. Oh no. Um, but I guess I what I was saying was like, like men, I feel like they prioritize sex yeah. in a way that women don't because I think women as a whole are more emotionally mature as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. That's very um, true. Largely more mature than men. And so I think men almost like revert back to sex as a way to be like intimate. Whereas with, at least from the relationships I've seen um, with women, there's so much more depth to it, I think. Um, And it's very limiting in the gay male community. So I guess that's what I was trying to say, but I totally totally see your point as well. No, I totally agree. And I do think a lot of times with men, anytime... You know, I love asking straight men, like, oh, like, what are your love languages? <laughs> and, like, I, I will say 11 out of 10 times, it's always physical touch. Always. They will always bring it up. And it's like... What are y'all's love languages? What are my love languages? I would say, I would other, say like, quality time for yeah. me. Words of quality affirmation yeah. is mine. Words of affirmation. 100%. Oh, I'm a whore for words of affirmation. Oh, same. <laughs> kind of about what you, what you were just, you guys were both talking about. The dating culture for straight people is very much a more connection-based, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not going to have sex until, like, this, the third, fourth, fifth date, etc. I think that's very much, like, ingrained, like, the conversation yeah. around straight dating culture. While I feel like with gays, at least in what I've seen at Parks, I don't know what your experiences are, but I feel like it's very much so, A, it could be, like, we don't even go and go on a date. We just walk, someone just walks into my room and we start hooking up. That was a big shock to me when I first, like, started <laughs> trying to make gay connections. It was very much so, like, they just walk into my, at the time, dorm room and try to make out with me immediately. I'm like, wait, what happened to hi, how are you? Like, come on. <laughs> It's harder, I think, to find someone who just wants to, like, actually talk and, like, go on a few dates before you do stuff. I don't know how you feel about that all part. I feel the same way. I think um, it's hard because with gay, like, dating, there's no rule book like there is for straight people because it's so, like, out of the norm, or at least it has been historically in society. For me, when I first started becoming sexually active, like, I would, like, be straight in the daytime and then like hook up with people at night. And I feel like it's so easy to like compartmentalize these into like two separate things. Um, So it's like you almost like take on this different persona during the day. But with that comes consequences because you 
aren't really being yourself and you aren't showing like, I feel like there's something so intimate in a relationship about doing like non-sexual things, like going to the grocery store with your partner or going to a movie or like literally just doing life together. But it's like, historically gay people haven't had the opportunity to do that. So rather than like develop these like meaningful relationships, they just like compartmentalize it into like sex and non-sex. And of course the sex part is where all the stuff happens. And then it's like, okay, bye. I'm going to go live my life now. You live yours. Do you think that that kind of like, you know, hookup culture may have stemmed from historically gay men were, you know, let's say married in the fifties. And in order to meet other gay men, it was at night, hookup based and then they would go live their lives. Do you think that dynamic is kind of what started this like gay hookup sexualized sex kind of thing? I think that's exactly what started it, Sarah. Like I really, I think like you couldn't, at least in the past, do those things. Like you couldn't be married as a man to another man. Like that was unheard of. So you'd marry a woman and you'd build this fake life with her. And then you just take out all your horniness, I guess for lack of a better word, like on another man at night. That's something that we as a society need to like really talk about and like start breaking up. And I, I think we are. So hopefully that'll change in the future. I've read this interesting article online that talked about this theory called like the best little boy in the whole world theory. And it's like the trauma that gay men go through growing up, like being in the closet and not being comfortable with themselves and like literally kind of being spoon fed by society that like, Gay people, like, that's, like, the wrong way. It'll always be, like, less than heterosexuality. Um, As adults, we don't, like, fully come to terms with this trauma. And this is just a theory, but I thought it was interesting. And because of that, um, gay men, like, overcompensate in every single other aspect of their lives. Like, we're competitive competitive with each other. We're competitive with ourselves. Like, we want to be the, like, perfect in every way possible because we feel so, like, imperfect within our sexuality and like there's always this like subconscious part of us that's like we will never be as good as a straight man or like as a heterosexual um so we overcompensate in like every other aspect of our life and when I read that I was like damn like at least for me that's kind of true I think so it's like you kind of have to like unpack that trauma of growing up and being in the closet and realizing like you are good enough even if you aren't like what society and popular media tells you is what's the norm. I think the competition thing of that theory is interesting because I almost feel like that competition of, you know, let's just say a gay man versus a gay man kind of thing Mm. also applies in a social sexual setting with hookup. It's always the, well, who has the better body? Or, you know, I have these rock hard abs kind of thing. No, it's very much, it very much so is competitive, especially like, Within friends, like, I have had friends who look very much, have a very similar look to me, like, same-ish height, same hair, skinny, like, and it's very much so when we go out together, like, it very is competitive, and oftentimes we're interested in the same people, and then it gets, like, really messy and hard, because mm-hmm. it's, like... Like, awkward. It's awkward. Sarah, I have a question. Um, do you feel that way, like, Sarah, if you were to go out with, like, other friends who are, like, your height, your build, like, blonde, like, do do women get that way and I'm just like totally asking because I'm curious yeah I think I think with straight women um it's it's interesting because yes I do feel competition just because I am literally a blonde girl who spray tans and I feel like (laughs) that's every college girl ever around America but I yeah I mean I feel like there is that that same competition where it's you know you who's skinnier or who has you know oh I don't know think of some beauty standard like 
you know, the bigger boobs or stuff. Slots eyebrows. Or... Yeah, it, it's definitely, like, all about physical appearance. It, uh, and it's interesting because it isn't really about personality. Like, it's all about, oh, well, you know, I will go out with, you know, this girl. I remember being friends with these this group of girls, and I remember one of them saying that, like, in a picture, she wants to stand next to so-and-so because oh she God. knows she's more physically attractive. I think it's, like, a lot of it has to do with, like, the male gaze, and it's, like, the male gaze is so prevalent, and it's... I think gay men experience this, too, because it's, like, when you're competing for the attention of men, like, kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like, men value sex so highly, I think, and it's, like what comes with sex is like physical attraction. And it's so it's like you're competing for their attention and one of the easiest ways to get their attention is through physical attraction. So I think it's yeah. like it's like a pitfall that both straight women and gay men fall into. And it's it's really toxic and I wish we could change it and I hope we can somehow, but I don't know because I find myself doing the same exact thing as well, to be yeah. honest. Parks, like, what's your socials to, like, the, 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 maybe people want to be your new friend, you know? Um, my Instagram is Parks Peters, just my first and last name. Um, I don't use Snapchat or Twitter. Um, don't really want to give out my TikTok, but if you guys find me on your For You page, uh, I'll see you around. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if, you are, if you are blessed, I think Parks TikToks are so good. I, that's literally how we became friends, so I love it. I think they're cringe, but. <laughs> I think they're fun. They're so fun. But thank you so much for joining us, Parks. You can also follow us on Instagram at UnpackTHT. And thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys next time. And again, thanks so much, Parks. Thank you, Sarah. Yes, we'll see you guys thank next time. You. Bye, guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye.